From the Financial Times in London, I'm Josh Noble and this is FT News. Winnie the Pooh has become a taboo character on Chinese social media of late. References to the fictional bear were excised over the weekend on Sina Weibo, China's Twitter-like platform, while animated GIFs featuring the bear were removed from social messaging app WeChat. On the line now to explain is Yuan Yang from our Beijing bureau. Yuan, how exactly has this portly bear fallen foul of the Chinese censors? Well, as with most movements by Weibo or social media platforms when they block something, those companies tend not to give an explanation. And obviously, if they did, then that could be potentially fanning the fire even more. So there isn't an official explanation. But what many people have suggested on social media in response to the ban is that it's something to do with a very viral meme, a picture of President Xi Jinping and Barack Obama during a meeting that they had in 2013. It's a picture of Xi and Obama side by side, mid-stride as they're walking down a lawn. And on the other side of the picture is the cartoon of Winnie the Pooh, the big orange bear who's fairly rotund, shall we say, next to a taller, skinnier Tigger. And of course, the comparison is that she is Winnie and Obama is Tigger. And there's just something very funny about that meme that meant that it got shared a lot. And in the years that followed, there were more memes featuring President Xi Jinping as Winnie the Pooh next to other characters from the A. Milne fictional universe. For example, when Prime Minister Abe of Japan was Eeyore, next to Xi being Winnie the Pooh, the Chinese social media community is very good at creating these euphemisms and jokes to get around censorship so that they can discuss politically sensitive topics without directly referring to names or events. From the outside, this all seems quite light-hearted, but does it tell us something mm. broader about the growing censorship in China at the moment? One thing that's interesting about this case is that the people who did the censorship are the staff of Sina Weibo, which is China's Twitter-like microblog platform. And they would have done the censorship in anticipation of what they thought the government censors would have wanted or the government leadership would have wanted. Often it's a lot of second guessing. So it may not be that there was a specific politician who said, we want Winnie the Pooh to be off social media in China. It may be that the people at Weibo, along with all the other major tech and internet companies in China, are trying to read the tea leaves of what the leadership wants and think, okay, we should clamp down on any discussion or even jokes around the president. I mean, the summer in China is often quite a politically sensitive time. You've got the anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre on June 4th. You've got the handover of Hong Kong on July 1st. Has there been much in the way of censorship this year that's worth noting? Yes. Well, in the wake of the death of the famous distant uh, Liu Xiaobo, a lot of words surrounding the death were censored. Even the letters RIP on Weibo were censored. And the emoji that looks like a candle was also censored in light of people using that as a kind of commemoration of him. So it got really very extreme. It's all coming to a head right now because of the impending Communist Party National Congress, which is when the Communist Party gets together once every five years, which is happening in the autumn, which will be a very key political moment. And I think the feeling in Beijing right now on the part of tech companies and analysts is that there is an increasing amount of regulation over the internet space because of that impending meeting, but also because as a whole, the Chinese government is now starting to turn its eye towards cybersecurity and internet regulation in a way that it didn't do in previous years. This government has enacted its first cybersecurity law, which gives more power to the government to 
shut down and regulate platforms that it does not want on the internet. So if we look beyond Sina Weibo, the Twitter platform in China, has there been much censorship elsewhere of the internet? Yes. So about a month ago, the government started to crack down on different kinds of video platforms. And that means everything from huge entertainment businesses who have lots of investors and tens of millions of followers in China, all the way down to video live streaming platforms that are being used by just people in their spare time. So many entertainers and online broadcasters were fired, about 10,000 were fired um, as a result of that crackdown. And it's not really clear why those entertainment platforms had to go because they were really, a lot of them were celebrity gossip or a lot of them were just very lighthearted topics that didn't seem to have any particular relationship with politics. And it's once been joked that entertainment media was the only kind of media left in China where journalists could just report the truth because of its lack of bearing on politics. In any case, those platforms had to go and there's been a lot of disruption in the wake of that. The reason that the officials gave for the platforms being shut down was that some of them were corrupting the mores of society, which is obviously a very vague and broad phrase and not directly related to cementing the political authority of the Communist Party, but could just be a sign of censors taking it too far now that they have an increasing amount of ability to regulate the internet space. Just looking ahead then to the autumn, we've got the National Congress. Is there any particular reason why this year would be more sensitive than in previous years? Yes, there is. And that's because it's time for a change of leadership in many positions are up for grabs at the top of the Communist Party. So it's the second National Congress for President Xi Jinping. They happen every five years. So he's had his first five-year term, if you like, come to a close with this Congress. And he's almost definitely going to have a second term and is almost definitely going to cement that second term by appointing officials who will help him solidify what many analysts see as a strong rule of personality within the Communist Party. Earlier this year, he managed to label himself the inverted commas core of the Communist Party. So there's a real solidification of political power around him in the party. And it's expected that that will continue in the National Party Congress. The question is, though, who will be sacrificed or who will be promoted in order to achieve that aim? And it's really important, especially at this point uh, for the Chinese economy, because a lighter touch or a stronger regulator would have a big impact on the future of China's economy. Sounds like Winnie the Pooh's probably going to get a few more days off in the weeks and months ahead then. Yuan, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Josh, for having me. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. 
The latest episode of the Next 5 podcast is all about AI and the business travel sector. I speak to Tim LaBelle, head of product for SAP Concur Spend Solutions. We'll have so much data that our travel will be safer. Shelley Fletcher-Bryant, VP of Advito. AI can certainly contribute to more eco-friendly travel practices. And author and public speaker, Theo Lau. AI can help us predict when it will be a peak travel, more delays, cancelled flights. Listen to the full episode of the Next 5 wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy.